You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. Not sure how many of you know the story of St. Christopher. Perhaps you're familiar that with the fact that he's the patron saint of travelers, but I want to tell you his story because I think it might remind us why we're here, what Christmas is about. St. Christopher was a warrior in the ancient world, 5th century, 6th century, we're not exactly sure. Huge man, veritable giant, Shaquille O'Neal of his day. And because he was such a great warrior, his desire was to serve the greatest king. You know, he's he's a great warrior, he needs a great king to lead him. So at the time he was serving the Canaanite king, who was a sort of vicious and, and... warlike king. So it's good good for Christopher's business. So one day a, a singer comes into the court where they reside and he sings a song about the devil. And the king looked totally freaked out. He went pale and crossed himself and shuddered and and Christopher asked him like why you know why are you ter- terrified of that song? He said he wouldn't he wouldn't say it's kind of being all quiet and Christopher said, look, man, if you don't tell me why you were afraid, I'm, I'm just going to leave your service. And so he says, well, I'm terrified of the devil. So Christopher thought, like, well, if, if you're terrified of the devil, then I'm going to go serve the devil because he's obviously stronger than you. So he takes off and goes to find the devil and serve him. And he comes upon this, as he's wandering through the desert, he comes upon this great horde of knights led by this giant gruesome knight who turned out to be the devil himself. So he takes on Christopher into his service and and one day they're they're marching down a road and there's a giant cross square in the middle of the road and and the devil freaks out, takes off, makes his makes his crew go around on this treacherous path to get around the road and not pass by the cross. And Christopher looks at the devil and says, Hey man, why are you terrified of the that cross. Why do we have to march around in this stupid trail? He says, well, uh, I don't really want to talk about it. So he's like, all right, look, devil, if you don't tell me why you're afraid of the cross, I won't serve you anymore. He's like, okay, well, this is my greatest warrior. Uh, so he says, well, I'm, I'm terrified of the cross because you know, Jesus defeated me with the cross. He's like, all right, well, if you're, if you're afraid of Jesus, then obviously he's more powerful than you. So I'm going to go take off and serve Jesus. So he leaves and wanders around for years trying to find Jesus so that he can serve him as his, as his warrior. And he comes into another desert. As he's crossing through, he comes upon an old hermit who's you know living in a cave and praying all day. And he asks him, turns out the hermit knows Jesus. And so he preaches to him and tells him the story of Christ and the whole story of salvation. And then he says to him, look, Christopher, if you're gonna serve the Lord, you gotta you gotta fast. You gotta fast on certain days and not just eat whatever you want. Christopher's like, ah, I can't do that, man. I, I can't fast. I gotta eat. Like, okay, well, if you're gonna serve Jesus, you've gotta pray. You've gotta learn how to pray and and pray constantly. He's like, ah, I don't really know how to pray. I'm I'm not gonna do that. You know, uh, anything else? It's like, okay, well, he's a wise old hermit. He wasn't gonna give up. So he said, you know that that stream down the way. There's 
treacherous crossing. People die all the time trying to cross that stream. He's like, yeah, I know about it. He's like, look, you're a giant. You're a strong guy. Stand on the edge of the stream and carry anyone across who needs to be carried. And so he's like, okay, boss, I could do that. So he goes down, stands by the stream, and for years, anybody who needed to cross, he just threw him up on his back, marched him across the river. And then one day, he's sleeping in his little hut next to the river, and he hears a, a small voice from outside his hut near the river. It's Christopher, come and bear me over. So he goes out. He sees a small child standing there. He's like, all right, no problem. So he throws him up on his shoulders, and he starts marching out into the river. But as he, as he walks, the river starts to rise, get more and more powerful. And this child just gets heavier and heavier. And the river continues to rise, and the child continues to get heavier until he's almost drowning. And he battles, and he's right as he's about to perish himself, he gets to the other side and throws a kid on the shore and says, look, child, you almost killed me. You know, I felt like I had the whole weight of the world on my shoulders. The kid said, not just the weight of the world, but the weight of the creator of the world. I'm Jesus Christ, whom you have served today. And he vanished from his sight. And Christopher, after that encounter, went on to be a great saint, to preach the word, and he ended up dying for the faith. So he's a man who, he couldn't pray, couldn't fast. He was a wild dude, and yet he served the Lord in his own way. You might think, ah, it's a crazy old legend, you know, how much of that is actually true? And who knows how much of it's true, how much of it's not. But not so fast on the craziness of it, because I think the story of St. Christopher is actually a perfect story for our time. St. Christopher was, in a very real way, someone from the margins, sort of wild man from the fringes of society. Actually, in the early icons of him, he's depicted with a dog head, like a giant man with a dog head. Now, that's kind of wild to even think about. I've never heard of a tradition like that in the church. But it's representative of the sort of pagan nature that he had. His, his, his wildness and his sort of almost animal-like way. But it's an icon. He, even in his wildness, went on to be a great saint. He is the one to whom Christ comes in the incarnation. And is that not the nativity story? Because we romanticize the nativity story, but the reality of it is that Jesus was born poor in a cave surrounded by literal animals. And then... His sort of guests of honor are a bunch of poor shepherds who are the rejects of their society. I mean, they're, they're smelly. They can't keep the law because they're living out in the field all the time. And on top of that, who are the sort of great guests? The Magi. They're astrologers from Persia, North Africa, from Ethiopia. Not even Jewish kings in that sense. If you could think of a, a less likely place to find the Messiah, I'd like to know. The nativity is on the margins of society. You know, what do we learn from that? First, I think from the story of St. Christopher and from the nativity, we learn that the Lord comes for the poor, specifically for the poor, for those on the margins, for those who aren't capable of coming to him. 
The poor are God's special treasure. And I don't think we're actually going to see the full reality of what that means until we get to heaven. To God's deep care and love for the poor. You know, what else do we learn? I think we learn that we're all in some way on the margins. You know, maybe you have a habit that is on the verge of becoming an addiction. And you're just not willing to face that. Maybe you just have this sort of festering resentment for someone in your family that you just can't forgive. And it's eating you up. You know, maybe you lost your spouse or you lost a child. How do you move on from that in this life? What does that look like? Maybe your marriage is breaking down or it's broken. And, you know, how do you restart after something like that? Or your depression and anxiety. You know, what does that look like in your life? Is there some past abuse that you just cannot face because it seems bigger than you? You know, we all have something like that in our lives. And how do we move forward in the midst of those situations? We all have part of us that's on the margins. And when we approach it, it threatens to consume us. The Feast of Christmas, celebration of the Incarnation, is joyful precisely because it gives us hope in the midst of that darkness. It isn't some pleasant fairy tale. It's the story of God's willingness to suffer for love of us, to dive into the darkest, most messed up parts of your life and love you right there. You know, maybe you're sitting out there and thinking honestly, I don't really know if I'm a Christian. I don't really know if I believe that story happened, that Jesus actually became a man. That's good. Don't lie. It's better to start honestly where you are in this very moment. My advice would be to do what St. Christopher did and settle for nothing less than the highest ideal, than the greatest possible life. I think if you do, you will be a Christian soon enough. Because if God exists, then there's nothing greater in this world than serving him. That's just the truth. And God does exist. He certainly does. I know him personally. But you need to go on that journey yourself and start from wherever you are. Maybe you're a Christian. You know that. You know you believe. But you just don't care all that much. Or you're just too busy. That's probably more likely in our world. Realize as you go through your life just how many people there are truly on the margins. Just how many people who don't know the Lord at all. That because they don't know him, they find themselves worshiping money or power or honor or pleasure, thinking that that is living their best life. Or perhaps like St. Christopher, they're serving basically the devil himself, thinking that's their best life. It's your mission, your mission personally, to go out and bring those on the margins into the heart of the church and into relationship with Christ. It's here and only here in worshiping the Lord that those dark parts of us are actually healed. It's the only place it can happen.
And so what a great feast we have, where the Lord dives right into the midst of our darkness. He is the light in the darkness that the darkness will never overcome. So in this great feast, we venture out into that mystery, dive into it, and make the most of it.